Oh, and we're live. <laughs> we're live. We're live. We're, we're, we're back. Hello, everybody. Hello. Anyone out there? Hello. <laughs> we're, we're, we, we have been gone for a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. COVID, uh, COVID lockdowns. Uh, yeah, they put a lot of a lot of strain on a lot of people. So we thought we'll take a breather uh, for ourselves and for everyone else. But we're back. We're live. My name is Craig or Crafty from Craftworks Distillery. I'm a uh, distillery out in uh, Caverty, about three hours west of Lithgow. So for those that don't know, this is Aussie Craft Distillers shooting the shit. And we created this uh, a while ago. The concept behind it is... Um, we talk with fellow distillers and people in the industry, and we basically just have conversations. It's uh, shooting the shit, talking about what's going on in their world, what they're up to, the good, the bad, the ugly. Um, and it, it's uh, pretty freewheeling. And we like people to contribute with questions, but we also like people to contribute by drinking Australian craft spirits. So as you're watching us we're drinking Australian craft spirits, and we'll tell you what we're drinking, and we'd like to hear what you're drinking. So before I go any further, I'll introduce our guests, then we'll go around our rooms, and we'll tell you what's in our glass. So our special guests tonight are Stephen and Rosemary from Black Snake Distillery. Now, for those who don't know, they're in New South Wales, a New South Wales proud distillery, a small family-owned operation, and their specialty is agave. And it's pretty different. So, Stephen and Rosemary, welcome. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm, glad, I'm glad you're here. The last time we caught up was at the Blackgate uh, World Whiskey yeah. Day, and uh, that was a fun time, wasn't it? It's quite good. Yeah, and it was a chance we all, all got together let our hair down, and some had more hair than others, and we just chilled, drunk great Australian spirits, and uh, from there, that's where we had the discussion with Stephen and Rosemary about, do you want to do a shoot in the shit? And they were like, we're keen to do a shoot in the shit. So, let's go, let's go around the room. So, let's start at the top. So, my right-hand man, the Todd, Todd Pointer, who is uh, my right-hand man at Craftworks, part-timer, doesn't get paid, uh, but loves it. What's in your glass, mate? What are you drinking? Tonight, I am drinking Manly Spirits First Release. Very oh. nice. Coastal Stone. Nice. It is Very fantastic. Nice. Get yourself a bottle of that. I seriously think you should rush out and do it. Which one are you drinking? This is um, Coastal Stone First Release. Uh, can't remember. Put me on the spot, why don't you? Sherry Cash. Sherry Cash. Right. Yeah. Nice. For those Sherry. who haven't haven't tasted that, that that's a that's a New South Wales distillery, and that bottle that they've designed is and the sandstone topper copper yeah, top yeah. is uh, like nothing else. Um, it's a real piece of art. The bottle, I love the bottle. Okay, at the bottom of the it's screen. Very much like opening up a. Um, an iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> the packaging. 
Layer up and layer of experience. Exactly right. All right, so we go to the bottom of the screen. Uh, good friend, um, Luke, who is also a local nerd. He's part of Craftworks and it'll be more and more in the future. He doesn't really know that yet, but it's it's happening. He did, he did, he did his... Up, I finally got my RSA. He did his yeah, RSA and he did, he, did, he did it in one day. So um, very impressed. So what are you drinking, mate? Um, I've got something... Uh, a little special. Uh, I was uh, gifted a bottle of, it's a bit, probably a bit hard to see there, uh, Coraline down Very in nice. Tassie. Uh, it's a, mm. um, a special release um, by a, a client of mine, actually, uh, Michael Amler. Yeah. He worked with the uh, the guys at Coraline to produce uh, this very nice little drop. And Very nice. Uh, yeah. Pleased to have one of the uh, hundred and eighty old bottles. Wow, very nice. That's, that, that's impressive. Okay, mm. Stephen and Rosemary, what are you? What's what's in your glass? What are you drinking? Me, I, well, I'm drinking our just released Pachuga with the kangaroo press, which we call Pachugaroo. Wow. Well, he called it Pachugaroo. It's not a fish, which is a brilliant name. Absolutely yeah. brilliant name. Um. <laughs> That's well, amazing. Um, You're gonna to have to describe it to us because no, no, nobody knows what that tastes like. Save it, save it for now. Save it for now because yeah. we'll, we'll actually we'll come back and, and we'll go through right. and, and let you explain what you do, how you do it, and what what your products are because yeah, it's very very unique. Um, so yeah, um, so I'm drinking. Um, I'm drinking a different one. Oh, sorry, Stephen. What are you what are you drinking? Uh, I'm drinking the Highland, um, which is our. Oops, where are we? And there we are. Our nice Hoven, forty-eight uh, percent. It's our latest release, actually, which is very good. Yeah, very mm. nice, good, good, tasty, very, yeah. very tasty. Awesome. Well, I'm drinking. One of one of the joys about being in this industry is, um, as craft distillers, you you don't tend to buy other craft distillers' bottles. Um, Oh, joy, yeah. Crafty has just exited the building. His his technological skills pale. Everybody pales before him. He is the greatest of technological wizards, so much so that he's now trying to just beam himself directly into everybody's brain rather than via the live stream. So we'll see whether he decides to come back. Who knows? <laughs> we'll carry on without him anyway. So, <laughs> yeah. oh, hold on. Here he comes. He's coming back. I'm back. I'm here. Probably Can you not. See me? Did you come over? No, no. I've got a problem. I've got a, I've got a flat battery and I've got a lot of rain on the roof. So I've got my earpieces in, but my earpieces, because it's an iPhone, plug into the power inlet on the iPhone. So it's a struggle between having sound or having power. Right. So I've, I've, I've made a decision to go for power. So right. if, if I start yelling. So where, where, what I was saying was, um, yeah, as a craft distiller, you, you tend to swap little wee samples with each other just to see what everyone's doing. Um, and I was quite fortunate. Uh, Peter Bignall from Belgrove, we've done a bit of a swap. So tonight I'm drinking... First of all, the remnant, I think it's 1500. It's a vatting. 
and it's 40, 46%. 46%. Then I'm going to follow up with a hopped malt at 46%, which is, sounds interesting. And then I'll finish up with a lovely rye at 45%. So thanks, Pete. They're, um, they're awesome samples, and uh, he's got a few of mine. And, uh, yeah, lots of distillers do that. So um, that's pretty cool. So let's, let's kick off. Okay, Stephen, Rosemary, we don't know you. We know nothing about you. Oh, this is the game I'm playing. So introduce yourself and tell us how you got into it and why you got into it. So as Rosemary's looking at me to yeah. <laughs> turn this intro. Well, well, as you know, we make an agave spirit in the style of mezcal. But how we started was that uh, quite a few years ago, well, it's in excess of five now, uh, our daughter of ours was in Mexico, and when she came back talking about the country, the life, not just the actual alcohol itself, but the lifestyle and so on, surrounding Mezcal in Mexico. And so we thought, just investigated, and it turned out that one of the main species of agave that they use is, was growing on our place. So we started the long, as you probably are aware, long and torturous process of going from knowing not much to ending up distilling an agave spirit in the style of mezcal. Over the time, you know, we've, we've learned a lot and we've still a lot to learn, of course, but, uh, and then doing different things, starting off with the, essentially the Haven style and then the other ones like the Reposado and so on. You got some things you want to add? <laughs> well, well, um, oh, okay. so, well, when we first started, um, I didn't really have that much interest in it and as embarrassing as is to say, Five years ago, I can't even remember having tequila, let alone knowing what um, mezcal was. And and in my life with Stephen, he's often gone to the shed and done projects <laughs> and I've been very uninterested in them. And he said he was going to make some agave spirit. And I sort of said, well, whatever. And um, so <laughs> I, I thought it would be something that would be a flash in the pan. Yeah, and, yeah, um, yeah. Then I thought it's I should... not as if I've ever done that before. Exactly. You know, <laughs> it's like buying an old car, pulling it apart and can't put it back together again. <laughs> so, so I thought I should take a bit of an, an interest in this. So, um, you know, we sort of looked up, discovered what mezcal was. I had a bit of an idea what tequila was. So anyway, um, needed a bit of a benchmark. So as being typical Stephen, we, um, we went to Dan Murphy's and... So we could you know, get a bit of an idea of the taste. And typical Stephen went for the absolutely lower end, which I've got here. I don't know whether I can show it to show the back of the bottle. And so we brought that home and I tried it. And seriously, it tasted like, you know, when you were a teenager and you did burnouts and that smell of burning rubber? Bogan <laughs> burnout. I can remember standing at the kitchen bench and saying to Stephen, nobody will ever drink this shit. And um, anyway, as time went on, it progressed and and it got better. And well, it better. wasn't ours. Anyway. No, no, this, this <laughs> is not ours. This is what Steve bought me to have an idea of what we were intending well, to I hadn't make. tasted that brand. Now, when, when you say as very... time went on and it got better and better, are we talking hours or are we talking weeks? <laughs> no, no, not, not the drinking of it. <laughs> Is that not like... that. No. no um, 
I think um, we studied a lot. We read a lot of stuff, and and, um, and it's never been an easy plant to work with, which I think Stephen should talk to you more about. I'm more involved in the Puga style and anything that you that you add to it, and um, and sort of like the um, the smelling. We kind of complement each other. Stephen. Um, doesn't have the best sense of smell and taste due to a young motorbike accident when he was younger, quite a, a bad one. And yeah. um, so he's very mathematical and does it all by that way. And um, I've been music teaching and playing in bands for years, so I'm deaf. So I use my smell and he uses his brain. So it just works well together. <laughs> oh, yeah, we basically so, still learning and, and we so went over to Mexico as well. And you've got very all helpful senses. to us. So between us, between us yeah. 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 So how? Because when when we you, you you say you your daughter went to Mexico and then explained all about mezcal and tequila. A normal person wouldn't just go, all right. Well, I'm going to make that now. Um. Did you have access to agave? Did you have like how? How to do your I've, research? I've got one agave in my in my garden here, um, but you've you've got to have a lot, don't you? Yeah, well, a reasonable amount. I mean, okay. Well, I suppose as you saw, may not have done things the the best way because one, I, I'm fairly, I like to say frugal, but other people have different terms for that. <laughs> and so, I actually, start off, I didn't even have a still. So we basically, I end up making the still initially and, and since bought one. But the idea was that essentially we've learned, I guess, partly by experimentation and also it's even before we went to Mexico, we started making this sort of going to Mexico was almost halfway through the process. It's almost like we now know some of what we need to know and we and we know some of the things we don't know. You know, it's yeah. a terrible way to do it. But anyway, and then going to Mexico helped us a lot in that because we were open about what we were doing and so on. We actually took a couple of our bottles over with us, which were quite well received. And I, yeah. I think we're, we're doing even better now. And, and we said, you know, this is what we're trying to do. We're not trying to take your cultural heritage, but we're trying to produce an agave spirit. Sort of, and the terminology I usually use is that using the, Ameri the uh, Mexican traditions, but with an Australian accent. So um, mm. that's what we're trying to do. Respect, the, respect their story, but add our bit to that story as well. And they're very what, supportive. What, one, of, one of the things that, that I've, I've noticed with, with uh, the area of, of spirit that you're involved in, it's very physical. You know, cutting down the um, what do you call them penis? Is that is that the term? Or pina, making the pina. Pina, and then you cook them, um, and you break them down. And so so it's a very physical process. It, it's, um, I mean, I, I I bet you moan about carrying bags of barley around, but God, you guys do. It, it keeps you fit, I'm sure. Well, it's, I lost a bit of weight doing it. You certainly have. But I guess that's that's true. It is a fairly laborious job because yeah. there are a few people in Australia that are starting to use agave syrup to to make an agave spirit, which is fine. But it's sort of half the job from our perspective, anyway. 
Uh, yeah, you're doing it from the base base ingredient. Yeah, basically making the plant. So agave yeah. is there's over a hundred species in Australia, but you probably know they're native to to the Americas. But there's about thirty or so that they use commonly to make mezcal in Mexico, and there's a two or three that's well one in particular that makes up most of it, and two or three that makes up the other ten or fifteen percent. Now the Americana, which is the one we use mostly, is one of those sort of 10 or 15% type range wines. The problem with Americana is that it's, it has that well, problem, it's also a strength. It gives us a really good taste, a, a, quite a distinctive taste, um, much more complex than the Angustifolia, which is the more common one. Right. But it also has some negatives in terms of taking the plant. There's lots of um, inhibitors in it, lots of saponins and stuff like that. that that really so the cooking process is very important because yep. it also the sugars in in, in um, agaves are actually inulins, which is uh, easiest to think of as a polysaccharide, a long chain sugar. So we could try oh, okay. break it. Yep. So it's, it's complex actually, to break down, in other words. Yeah, we need to cook it so to break it back into the mainly the fructose and a little bit of glucose to get yep. that mono the monosaccharides that the yeast like. But that's so that's part of the cooking process, and then then. Um, there's also those saponins and stuff in it, which make you know, the soap type substances, which really do inhibit yeast. So there's all sorts of issues with that. But with that, but that's part of the, the process. So essentially, harvesting the plant, we basically cut off the leaves and end up with the pinya. Then cooking the plant, cooking, chopping the plant up, fermenting the plant, and then obviously distilling. And then in, the, in mezcal's case or agave spirit's case, it's mostly double distilled. Um, there's a little bit that's single distilled and some like the patchouli, which is triple distilled. Triple distilled. Go back to the fermentation, if you don't mind. Is it natural fermentation or are you using cultured yeast? How, how does that work? Well, um, the fermentation has been a bit of a problem for us. Um, sometimes I think we still don't know what we're doing. People probably think we, we do. A lot of us don't. A lot of us don't, Rosemary, so don't worry about that. We sort of seem to have giving away all our secrets. Well, <laughs> yeah, we um, I read stacks and stacks on the internet, and also um, because I'm the Instagrammer, I've built up a relationship and a rapport with quite a few Mexican palenques, and the and I sort of speak Spanish and um, read Spanish quite well enough to um to sort of talk to, to them and and if we've got a problem, you know, I, I actually am quite open with, with asking them. Um but they don't have our Americana, something I think I don't think Stephen quite mentioned, is our particular Americana would have been brought over from America say a hundred years ago as a garden plant. You know the great wow. some, people, some people love it. And once it was brought over here, it's um, it's actually we don't have the bats in, in Australia to pollinate the um, flowers. So every single plant is a clone. So the reason that they spread, and it's not rampantly because they're definitely not rampant, even though they're considered a weed, um, they might get washed down the river by, by a flood or something like that, and then they they sort of they 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 come up by helios. They're called like like babies from the bottom, but they're never pollinated by bats so they've never been genetically improved just by natural selection over the over the hundred years it's not the most high sugar agave so 
we definitely struggle with that. That's why we, we, we produce such small amounts each batch. But um, getting back to the fermentation, we had some beginner's luck and we thought we were, we were home and hose and then things just did not work. And um, uh, Stephen built an, an oven, which he'll probably talk to you about more. We don't do the actual pits that they do in Mexico, you know, the pit with them all piled on and then the dirt and the canvas over the top. This is an earthen oven that Stephen's designed with a special flue around it. And just not that long ago, I didn't think it was smoky enough, so he sort of lifted the um, chimney, but I'm not too sure whether that's actually made that much difference. But with the fermentation, the cooking is incredibly important. And then there's a lot of leaving. This is what I've learned from speaking to um, mezcaleros and people associated with palencas in Mexico. Um, you just basically can harvest the agave and leave it. Cook the agave and leave it. Crush the yep. agave and leave it. And, and, and the leaving is often up to um, choosing when to do the next step is often up to smell, which is my, my job. And, and our temperatures get a lot higher than Mexico as, as well. Um, so we put ours, once it's cooked, I like to leave it to it grows a bit of mould. You do get the mould off, don't worry, but um, it's good to leave it. Then we we don't have a tahona. You know, the big, do you know what a, a tahona is? No. Okay. no. It's a big circular no. concrete thing. Um, and it's almost like a tennis court roller and a donkey will pull it round and round and they'll shovel the chopped up agave and that's that's how it's crushed up. We don't have it home, So we have just like a big Chinese bought juicer thing. But not that long ago, look, I decided that we're not getting enough juice out of it and we're, and we're not stressing the agave a bit. This is by conversation with Mexicans. So after having these... 2 a.m. thoughts, which I'd wake up Stephen and say, I don't think we're crushing it enough. So he gifted me a big wide hoed handle so I could crush it a little bit more. So she can crush it. I'm so, kind that way. So I've crushed it. It's less work for you, Stephen. And it seems to have worked. And then you have to leave it for a certain time. And there's a smell that it will get, which is almost similar to um, old bananas, but not rotten bananas, and you've got to pick it up at the right spot. And this is where our smells are different. Stephen can't smell it. I can smell it when I open the front door, and I can say that's ready to go in. Um, but now that it's getting hotter, it, it has to be done more quickly. And another interesting thing is we're talking about natural fermentation. We add yeast. I wish we did it but it just won't do it with, without it. However, since we've been at this for five years, we must have developed some yeast in our environment. Because Absolutely, now, got some wild yeast going on. Yeah, so, and I think it's building up because agave making isn't really the cleanest thing. I like to clean things out, but it's sort of not really, you don't make them immaculate because you like to keep the yeast. So these big plastic barrels that I bash it out and you sort of just tip it in and kind of yeah. leave a, a bit there. And I've been finding that, that it's bubbling like anything, but it just won't bubble through to the end of fermentation. So we so, so we have to little add bit of yeast. Small sugar components, but so the other thing as well for when comparing what we do to Mexico, it's 
Mexico is not a, a homogenous environment. There's actually, well, you're probably aware, I don't know, but there's nine different states, I suppose, that can do mezcal. They're actually licensing arrangement. It has a denomination of origin and so on, so that's yeah. why we can't do mezcal. But they actually do it differently in different places. We sort of, I guess, uh, in a way, are based on the, the Oaxaca style, which is known as the home of mezcal, but there's other other areas that do things slightly differently. Like in Oaxaca, it's tend to be 1,000-metre open-top fermenters, but in, in um, Durango, they, may, they actually have these, what they call coffins, which are dug into the ground and look like graves that they ferment in. And in yeah. that place, one of the, one of the mezcaleros uh, actually um, sterilises their fermenters, whereas other ones, they don't. That's because she's a female. Possibly. But there's different ways of, of doing it as well in, in Mexico and obviously the different agaves that they use. As I said before, one of the main ones they use is the Angustifolia, which we have in Australia as well, partly because it's shorter-lived and has a higher sugar content, but also it doesn't have as many inhibitors in it as the Americana and so on, so it's a little bit easier to work with. But, but the taste is also perhaps simpler, not necessarily worse or anything, but just simpler. Uh, whereas yeah. America, America tends to be a complex taste. So. Yeah, we've actually had an interesting question come through from uh, William Rule on Facebook saying, uh, I've only cut down one large agave and I still bear the mental scars of that burning sensation of oxalate crystals on my skin. How do you cut down so many without getting burned? Well, that's, that's right. It's the oxide. I always used it before I understood that it was oxide crystals. I thought it was like an acid or something, but now it's that crystalline uh, stuff which causes uh, the um, eczema. It's essentially eczema. It's quite common, apparently. So I basically have reasonably gloved up and so on. Of course, the agave is also quite spiky, or the Americana in particular, and, and I have more scars from that. But it's sometimes I forget at different stages in the process and go out and chop something up without being fully, so the arm's fully covered and you think, how often does it have to happen before I learn not to do that? <laughs> because it does, it, it's more itch, itchy than sort of burning itchy type sensations. But essentially, um, I'd like to know if there's something I can pop off to dissolve those crystals, but I don't know of it. So it's essentially just, you know, decent clothing and gloves and so on when you do it. Learn, right. learn, learn as you go. The, the, the beautiful thing about your story is you are a true artisan craft. You are, you're learning as, as you go along. You, you haven't been trained by an individual and paid a, a shit ton of money and, and then decided to away you go. You're doing it the hard way. You're learning as you go along. Um, okay. I'm really impressed, really, really impressed with, <laughs> with what you know. And, and I can tell you, you know, now that Sydney is starting to open up, people are, you know, closing their laptops. They're 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 over Zoom. They're over Zoom business. They're over Zoom, you know, friends and that. And they just want to. This is what I personally believe: just get back to basics and and touch and feel and and, and experience things. And man, if you're going to sell a door, I think you're in for a, a pretty happy time. There's a lot of people going to be very interested in what you guys are doing because it is so so unique. Well, we did, well, we did actually sell it all back in. <laughs> There's a map. <laughs> last year. I was going to say, have we actually said we're, we're, 
where Black Snake is in, in regards to Sydney. Yeah, yeah, so you're a long way away. How far That's away true. is it? Uh, 500Ks, thereabouts. Yeah. 500Ks. How many hours? Oh, it's pretty good now, particularly with the Hunter, the Hunter Expressway things come up there. So, yeah, it's it's probably actually less than 500 now because of yeah. the, the sub cut out. But, um, yeah, it's, it's still a, a fair drive, particularly if people are not used to it. And it was good to uh, have a bit of a tour because there's a lot of other things in this area. There's the telescope, there's various um, mountain-type things, national parks and so on as well as the, yep. the agricultural stuff. And around the area, of course, and there's other things as well. Um, some mm -hmm. hot ore bars around the place and so on. Now, well, sorry, we, we just found had a solution. comment come back from, um, from William saying that he found the answer, free the crystals, 70% uh, alcohol. <laughs> Yeah, so you've got to, to use your alcohol. Is that to drink it or, or, or yeah, to drink yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> alcohol yeah. cures everything, really, doesn't it? Sure does. <laughs> yeah. Over the yeah. time since we've had Instagram and people have seen what we've done, um, so many people, and particularly Bartman barman interested in agave spirits and said oh i'd love to come out and help you and whatever and i say sure come out but nobody has yet i think they might be scared of hard work <laughs> well we did have one one or two people come up once who were talking about this stuff and we actually went out and cut a plant down <laughs> yeah, that's and funny. I think they, they were young young oh my god they couldn't keep up with Stephen, and, and uh, they just <laughs> couldn't handle the place <laughs> that was um that was that was quite funny, but um, Eddie, Eddie's... to go hard or go home. <laughs> yeah. how, long how long does it take for one of these plants to grow? Well, that's it. The different plants. The Angustifolia is one of the shorter lived, and in in the wild, it's up to about ten years. Probably when they farm it, it can be a little bit quicker, six to eight. Mm. But the Americana is about twenty years. So, and you only get one one go. Um, so the plant, you can actually try to harvest it just before it flowers because it's got maximum sugar content. But if it starts to flower, you can cut cut the flower off and it will survive for a while and build up the sugar again and you can take it later. But um, as I said, they die after they flower. So there's only one grow, flower, die in that, in that for the, for the um, angus, the agaves. Um, but I was going to say that in Mexico, there's a lot of farmed agave much easier to get at. Part of our challenge is that all our Americana is wild. So what happens when it's wild is that the plant grows, sends out the pups to the babies and they grow. And so the one you want is the older one, which will be in the middle of all these spiky things. So that's part of the fun, I suppose. Another part of our problem is um, all our agaves are growing on 55 acres that we own probably a kilometre from where, where we are here. And um, so we parked the ute and... Um, Sometimes. Uh, look, I don't know whether you're maybe too young or didn't watch it, but do you remember that show called Lost? Do you remember the when the aeroplane landed? And maybe you don't. 
But anyway. No, I never saw it, but I know it. But I'm, I'm older than that. I'm a lot older than that. <laughs> I, was I thought you were going to say something from the 60s. <laughs> oh, just, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> we're feeling so we quite young now. <laughs> so anyway, we park the ute and we get the wheelbarrow and the, um, what's this thing called, the, the chain? Oh, the, 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 um, the hand, hand winch. Yeah, and our, and our gloves and our big knives and the dog. And, um, dog doesn't do much good. No, he's pretty pathetic. <laughs> but, uh, but then we, we walk, how far would it be to oh, get to the plane? So, so Maybe it's only 500 metres or something at the most. Yeah, but, but it's, it's not an easy rough. 500. It's up and down and round rocks. So then finally we get to, you know, one of the patches of the garbage. That's the easy one. If you want to go down the creek, I, don't, we actually, I actually put a video on Instagram. Um, it must have been last year or the year before where we chose to harvest. So we parked the ute 500 metres down Bullower Creek, up the other side, you know, harvested this, you know, 150 kilo plant, cut it in, into quarters, and I thought this will make a really good Instagram thing. So I thought I'd video Stephen as he's yeah. going down the embankment. And I'm thinking, first day, can I even remember my first day? Because you're not going to make it down there with the wheelbarrow. But, but he did so down across the creek and up and then down the, the, the 500 metres because you can't get the ute any any closer. I mean, I've wheeled wheelbarrows of, you know, how many kilos would it, would it be? Um, well, it would have been 50, 60. Yeah, least. 50. And I'm not that big. 50 or 60 kilos for 500 metres and then get to the ute and toss it all on. This is why we want some help. That's why. We want free labour. Todd, Todd's, Todd's can come and work for us, particularly if he's working for free. It's been laid on a plate for you. <laughs> and it's so hot, and also we've done it like the best time to do it is in summer, and we can get 45 degrees, 40 degrees, and then, you know, let alone worrying about the snakes. And I was oh, going to say, God. snakes, they, they must be a hell of a problem for you. No. Yeah, right. Honestly, um, Rose was a little, little paranoid. I'm getting better. I don't have a problem um, with snakes. They're just get the crap out of me. Yeah, but well, look, we 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 dressed pretty well, protected. It was funny when we went to Mexico. We we left. We'd been in sort of like a two-year drought, and it had not rained all year. And it was basically there wasn't a blade of green on our place. It was so de depressing. And the day that we left, it started to rain. We're in Mexico three weeks a month or something like that, and it almost rained the whole time. So when we came back to go and harvest, walking out, going over to our place, there were sunflowers and um, sticky beaks like up to there. That's why I was referring to the program Lost, because it was just like you just had to be game enough to just walk through it and hope that there weren't snakes and pigs and... Oh, that's Stephen. Yeah, that's, a, yeah, that's a flower stalk there. Probably should have got a little earlier than that, but that's still... Workable. Those, yeah. So you, you probably have to wear longs too, I'd say. You should have been in short. Oh, that was Agave Avenue. Go back to that one. I've oh, wow. It looks like the attack of the Triffids, doesn't it, really? Yeah, it does. <laughs> it's all, you know, related to asparagus. You can see that with the, like, super asparagus stalk. So they're the same family, the asparagus family. Right. Wow. 
Yeah, wow, all right. And that's that's why the sugar's inulin too, by the way. So asparagus, the sugar's inulin as well. I'm going to change the, the subject a bit. Um, I First time I saw your, um, your designs, your labels, I was so impressed. Um, and I've watched everyone that's come out since. They're, I mean, obviously, I know where, where the inspiration is, but tell us the story about how you came to put your labels together. And, and hold one up so people can see. I know the lighting's not so flash, but the complexity mm. and the colours are just so vibrant. Hey, Lee, do you want to put yours up? Hold on. I'm going to... yours up. You've got a better, better screen. You're too quick for me. I was going to actually put... You put a picture up, Luke. Yeah, okay. That's fine, Rosemary. Todd's good. Yeah, look. That's mine. It yeah. is so reposado, which I love, and I'm actually uh, enjoying a tipple of now. What I love about this one is... It's so deceiving on the nose. To me, it smells like, um, like a, a crunchy, yeah, a, a capri crunchy. crunchy. Yeah. You've got milk chocolate and honeycomb. Um, because tequila aficionado, I, I guess we get more connected with um, different Instagram profiles that maybe the Australian spirits would. But um, tequila aficionado spotted us a while back, oh, and begged and begged for some, but, you know, you can't send alcohol overseas. And, and, and we weren't going to pay like two or $300 to um, send a bottle for free. Anyway, they just kept asking and asking, so I gave in. And, um, and I thought this reposado was, was good. And <coughs> it was also thanks to, um, what's his name, at, at Lord Byron Distillery? Brian Restall. Brian, Brian yeah. visited. Brian and his wife visited us spontaneously in an Easter, and we hadn't long won a silver. The only competition we've been in a silver for the London Spirits competition with a reposado that I think is well. They gave us silver, but anyway, then we got these barrels from Dave Schmid in, in um, Tasmania, and they were excellent barrels, and um. And so we used them and we sort of made bits and pieces all year. And when Dave delivered the barrels, we were able to fill them with 100 litres of lots of small batches. Anyway, when Dave, it was only the day before, because we're no, oh, sorry, Brian, we're no barrel experts. And just the day before, I'd knocked the cork out and tried it again. And I thought, geez, this is good. You know, we set up. We are not experts at barrels or aged spirits whatsoever. And then Brian and his wife turned up at Easter. And um, so when he did, I quickly ran in, knocked um, the cork out, the bung out, put some in a little bit belladora, and um, and I asked him, what does he think what we should do? And he took one sip and he said, put that in a bottle right now. So thanks to Brian, we got it out of the barrels at, at exactly the right time. So anyway... It is really good. I love it too. So I decided I would give in and send tequila aficionado um, uh, two two hundred mil. No, one one hundred mils in a bottle. So we had to send one hundred to this bloke, Mike Morales in California, and then they always have a, a co uh, person taster. And unfortunately, our other one was a man in Essex in England. So then we had to send one to Essex in England. So went to the Narrabri Post Office. I don't know if I've 
than anything international in my whole life. And um, I sort of knew you weren't meant to send alcohol via post, but <coughs> I wrapped it all up and I put it like a birthday present and put a card on it and everything. And when I got to the post office, <laughs> I didn't know that you know, I was going to be asked 20 million questions. And so they said, they, they filled out the form and they said, what's in the parcel? And um, I've got no idea why the first thing that came to my mind, I said, a snow globe. Why the hell did we send a snow globe? So when Mike Morales got it and Philippe Harada in, in, in Essex, they said, so we've received like a snow globe. I mean, snow globes are $5. Why would I spend $30 on postage to send a $5? And for two or three weeks, I was absolutely sure that, you know, I was going to get put into jail for sending <laughs> That's beautiful, Rosemary. <laughs> but they liked it. Oh, that was what I was getting to. <laughs> Tequila aficionado went absolutely bananas over it. Oh, that's like, awesome. I mean, and they even did a um, a then another video called New Things on, on Black Snake, and they almost said it was the best one that they'd ever tasted. I find that a little bit hard to believe when you know, we really don't know what we're doing, and we just, you know. <laughs> But, but, um, but apparently I would. So, oh, well, look, I love it. I was just back to the label, I suppose, which is the question which prompted all Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. I want to know more oh, about yeah. the label. Um, how how well, much input did you have in the design? Well, it's, um, that, that's the painting. It's an original painting done for us by a, a lady called Mavis Stone, who's uh, a Camilla person. And this, this is Camilla country. So, and the black snake is, is actually one of the totem animals of the Camilla. Would you got a bit of a I don't land. think it's a major one, but it's still one of the totem Camilla. Can you, so sorry, can you say that, say that again? We had a bit of a lag. We missed it. So start yeah, with the oh, person who did the work lost on the you all. You can hear us. I don't know if you can see. So, so yeah, what sort of hear. animal was it? The, the black oh, snake. That, that, yeah. I, I, I by the... Oh, frozen. Oh, I think we're... I believe they said that it's, it's one of their, their, their totems. It is. So, um, Camilla Roy. I can see Todd. Um, yep, I'm here. Yeah, I think they're back. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Right. Go for it. Mavis Stone, who's a Camilleroy person. Oops, oh. lost that picture. Oh, no, just as we're getting to the good stuff. I know, it's frozen oh. again. Ah. Maybe the um, joy of Australian telecommunications. They're back. Yeah. Try again, Stephen. God bless. If we need to, we can um, we can fall back to the phone call. We'll just lose uh, we'll just lose video. Uh, we'll give it another moment, and then we'll see how we go. Have we got you guys? Okay, well, we're all back at the moment. I think. 
Yeah, two. So, can, uh, so to catch up, can you see us? So yeah, we can yes. see you. So yeah, we just drop out of the start of the label. So Mavis, yes, yeah, so Mavis Stone, who's a local Camilleroy person, who was from up uh, Bogabilamore Way, who's now living in Tamworth or Katingal near Tamworth. She, right. we actually commissioned her <clears throat> to do a painting for, based on the area, obviously in the way that she would interpret it as a Camilleroy person and the black snake itself. And this is what she's wow. come up with. You can see on that picture, you can see the, the three rivers or the three waterways. Yep. They're actually representing yep. at Narrabri where, where the rivers, the creek actually splits and then comes back together. Obviously, agave is something which is not traditional, but because of the of, uh, of us, the black snake and so on, the black snake around it. And then you've got other things like the, the Capital Mountains and the Pilliga Forest, which are also fairly significant um, issues for the... Uh, Camilleroy people in this area. So so that was something that we pay acknowledgement to the Camilleroy people and use that as our label. And so so that's our label adjusted, of course, and the, the central snake area is sort of almost like our logo, the point thing we use as well. So um yeah, so she's uh, it's in a circle, so very happy with that and we're we're very happy with what she did. Yeah, your la your labels are beautiful, they really are. <laughs> yeah, well they, the snake, yeah. I guess you could almost very it, it just has a lot of power and en energy that really translates. Yeah, well, um, we... Yeah, so, yeah, that's, um, so that's the so story. Would you about. recommend it? No, it's actually on our, she's, she's on our website too. Okay, yeah, so, so you can, you buy can get, one of your you bottles. Go for it. If someone was to buy one of your bottles, how would you recommend that they um, enjoy your spirit? That's a good question, Tom. Oh, drinking it straight and mixing. How, how would you? Um. Well, I don't know whether I should say Stephen and I are too old for cocktails, or maybe we're right in the, in the <laughs> right age bracket. I barely had a cocktail in my whole life, and, and um, it's a, I, I, I don't think either of us have ever had a margarita, which is probably amazing considering we make the um, spirit for it. But, but I think because we have to taste it and taste the complexity, and I think because we know the work that goes into it, I just cannot understand why you would put other things in to shadow what we make. That's my opinion anyway so um however can I, can I give you a, having said i'll give you an analogy on that right and this is something which i struggled with at first so when i started my whiskey journey before i was drinking single malt i was drinking whiskey and coke right and that's how generally people start in the in the whiskey category and over time i moved into single malt and the concept of having whiskey and coke was just it, it didn't it didn't make sense to me but what i've learned over the years is you can make a whiskey and coke with a a peated quality whiskey and it is a totally different drink than just your bulk standard whiskey and coke so you get quality raw material quality material spirit going into mixes um you'd be amazed um what flavors you, you can generate so 
tequila, agave, same thing. Guaranteed, same, same thing. So, um, I mean, it would be um, interesting. It'd be interesting to um, get you to collaborate with uh, the guys at Karoo. They are the uh, the kings of the kings and queens of the mixer. Yeah, and uh, yeah. they've done. They, I, I know personally. I, they've they've sent me some uh, some things that I thought would not work that were just weird as, and they were spot on. So I reckon Karu would be able to uh, find you the perfect mixer to uh, to go with your 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 spirit. The trouble is, though, um, to be perfectly honest, I don't know if we're that interested in mixing it. Look, definitely we could It is good on time. Um, there's no doubt about that. But it's just, I don't know whether we're, because we've come into this later and there's so much hard work be, behind it and you know, I've just done so much tasting it at hours of the day that I shouldn't be tasting, like quickly tasting something before I go to work at a school. Not, not really. shouldn't be done. Um, 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 if I could sort of one of Rosemary's suggestions, because we're a little concerned that people who buy our drink may not, may not understand it. So we basically talked about putting in place, going to buy somebody else, like we want a blood sample, and three generations of the history of the family. The order form is, is, is uh, quite yeah. full, yeah. It's not, um, we could certainly have to do with more sales, but we just kind of rejected, um, Sorry, Crafty, we might have to ask you to mute your mic when you're not talking. Oh, okay. The rain is mm -hmm. loud. Yeah, that's on. nuts on that shed. Yeah, well, you should be here. Hold on. Oh. Oh, the rest of us can now think. Not turn yourself <laughs> off, you bullfied. Yeah, that's much quieter. Oh, I know. It is much quieter. The rain yeah. is picking up all of a sudden as well. We actually get so much more done when he's not here. Yeah, that's it. So, whilst he figures himself out, oh, here he comes. He's coming. I'm back. back. Have, I, have I turned my microphone off? Well, no. That was mic, not video, Profed. <laughs> I am not the IT part of this partnership. I am that's Captain very Kirk. I'm Captain Kirk, Lucas Scotty. <laughs> uh huh. And Todd is Spock. <laughs> that's logical. And, and so we're, on, I, a, we're I, on a journey going nowhere. <laughs> so I'm really interested and just want to know more about the Pachuga and your particular spin on it, Pachuga Road. Yeah. Tell me how that came about and what give us a before we start what is it? Can I just not understanding exactly what's going on. Have we had no people in on this whatsoever? Oh, yeah. Has, has there been no we'll people watching? Or can we oh, see no, we, we do have people watching, but a lot of them, they're not very forthcoming in questions. They're, they're just not coming. What we do, though, is we put this on YouTube, okay. YouTube as well, down the track. So, yep. I know. I remember of, uh, when I watched Kakuru, you could. 
Yeah. Okay, so the Pachuca. Oh, Maybe because um, you're in full screen When mode. we went to Mexico. Because we're in full screen. What was that? Yeah, right. you're in full screen mode, so you won't be able to see the uh, see the comments. Oh, oh, okay. oh that's the shame. I was um, thinking that nobody right. had been watching us whatsoever. Okay. Oh, so, no, 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 no. There's I'll people there. Don't worry. Tutor. So, um, <laughs> okay. Both of them. Both of them. Right. So, the Pachuga. When we went to Mexico and um, tried many different agave spirits, we discovered um, Pechuga at um, Felix Angelis um, Palenka outside Oaxaca. I can't remember quite the, the um, district. Absolutely fell in love with it. And um, it took us a little bit of time to work up the courage to make a Pechuga because I didn't know, know how to. So. So um, I remember talking to the person that we that took us around, and I was talking to Dari to Silva, and um, and I was trying to get a little bit of an idea of you know the quantities and and what to do, but I think the kind of everything was lost in a bit of translation with um Spanish. So so we um it was sort of a bit of hit and miss anyway. The first Pechuga was really pretty good. It was made on Angustifolia, a, a few plants that we got from Stephen's brother in Dubbo, and it was nice. I really liked it. Second Pechuga was made on oh, a lot more complex. In the middle of the sentence. I just muted him. Carry on. Ignore me. Oh, thank you. So, sorry, guys. <laughs> so, look, I came up with the idea of um, using kangaroo as a protein, but to be honest, I wasn't game enough for many reasons. Um, uh, look, one of them is that, let's take a gin maker. When they develop a gin, from what I can understand, particularly I remember following Karoo and their Marita vodka, it was a process of six years, of, might, mightn't be that long that Ali said, but it was definitely, you know, they developed and developed it. Um, mm. This sounds almost like a little bit embarrassingly quick, but because our agave batches are so small, um, we just can't trial something. It's like make it, it's good, and it's bad or not. So it's like mm. do it and release it or do it and it's bad. I, I, I was wanting to do something with kangaroo to give it an Australian slant and absolutely fell in love with, where is it? I think I got this from Bondi Beach Cellars who I'd really like to give a plug to because my God, they have a good range and great service. So I got this five centitos pechuga made on a mole, which is, um a basically like a Mexican sauce of chili and cardamom and, and, and coriander and, and um, chocolate and chili and and um, it's basically the best sugar I've, I've ever had. So I started to think that I would like to do a pachuga with more body. But, you know, I'm not a five centito. I'm a middle-aged married woman in Narrabah. What the heck can I achieve? So... Um, um, so we've got some kangaroo. Now, the main reason I did this was because our daughter's getting married 
on New Year's Eve. And her husband-to-be, they've been together for quite some time, they've got three kids, so they've got three grandkids, is a professional kangaroo shooter and probably is a very excellent and one of the best kangaroo shooters in, in Australia who shoots kangaroos that end up in bullies, etc. So I thought, well, how good is that? Reading kangaroo shooter, shooter. It just has to happen. So um, um, we had a very good batch of Hoven and I thought, I can turn this into a pachuga. So I altered the recipe somewhat. And like any mezcalero, not that I am one, I can't believe it on my recipe or I would have to kill you. But so I'm not going to do that. Some of them, <laughs> because I haven't really told anything that goes in except the meat. So um, this time, look, the other three pachugas I went fairly heavy on papaya. And while it's a really good fruit, it can end up tasting a little bit like a rotten fruit, which some of our agave spirits, some of our hoven can have that taste because it's a very long ferment. The longer the ferment, the more it tends to turn into sort of like that lactic kind of, I know it sounds revolting, baby sick, however, it's a very, Makes sense. considered a very good agave, apparently, if it's got yeah, I know. It's disgusting, but anyway, it's, um, that's what our so, so we had this good batch of Hoven, and I wanted to turn it into a pachuga. So I altered the recipe, and I took out the papaya entirely and um, upped a couple of other things, and it was like it, it was a make or break. It was going to do it, and we were going to release it because we didn't have any in any other stuff. Like it takes us so long to ferment anything in such a small batch. And um, and I wanted a little bit of that chili chocolate taste. And I like cardamom, not everybody does. So there was a bit of cardamom and some other bits and pieces. And, and then we hung the kangaroo on the inside of the um, still. And not the whole kangaroo. Not the, you know, the whole kangaroo. And we didn't get it. <laughs> that would, would have been a shot on Insta. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> so do you prepare the kangaroo first? Do you prepare the kangaroo first? It was pre prepared, Luke. I didn't have to do it. So slice up is just raw yeah, kangaroo. Yeah. It's, um, it's raw. Yeah. It, no. Yeah. yeah, the only downside to using kangaroo meat is that it has, look, you're lucky to have 1% fat. And the thing about a pechuga is you tend to use a piece of meat that has some natural fat. So as the vapors go through, the fat will drip down and add some oh. protein and some body and flavor to oh. the dish. Wow, wow. This, this sounds fascinating. Really that, that is. We so need to go for a um, road trip. I think so. I mean, what you what you're describing is just it's amazing. It's, it's absolutely amazing. It's so and so big and friendly. Yeah. After I made up the um, the recipe, which you know I absolute note down to. Uh, fine tooth comb, like almost every grain of, and you actually put rice in it as well, like rice and raisins and, and all sorts of interesting stuff. And I wouldn't have known this had we not gone 
to Oaxaca and um, and um, nothing like illegal, of course, but like, like it's all very, um, you know, what you can get in in Australia, I guess. And and um, and so, look, I don't actually know how they make a pachuca exactly. So we developed our, our own way of do, doing it, and so um, we marinate the fruit and all of the recipe, everything that I put in it, into the distillate for for a few hours, and then um, and then we tie the kangaroo meat into the top of the still, and then we just distill it after that. And um, and as soon as it started coming out, look, I I knew it was good, and we'd let it sit for you know two or three weeks, and I'd try it constantly, and I thought. Look, we think it's really good. It's not going to be to everybody's taste because it's um. I guess it's a little bit. You don't make your There's going to be some some haters out there, but so um so far the feedback has been good, and I guess the one that really takes the cake is somebody who we don't know bought two bottles and um and I messaged him because we sent them separately. And when he got them, he actually, he said, I cracked them in the car park of the post office. <laughs> That's enthusiasm for you. <laughs> he didn't even get, get home. I hope he had a very good He didn't split it from the bottle. But, um, and he couldn't have been more complimentary. And the, um, we've had a lot of positive feedback. Um, Chris yep. Dempsey from El Loco in Sydney, who's a Macaulay guru, he um he said it's been one of his top pachugas ever, but you know it's nice to get good feedback. So Luke, I can't wait till you get yours and tell us what you think. Uh, well, um, hang on before you. And, and I think we only have. Yeah. You need to let us know when you get yours so we can all come around to your place. Yeah. Absolutely, but just oh, just let not. me just let me add something though. So, um, the craft drinks market which was a phenomena in, in Sydney two years ago. Um, and uh, Todd and I were there for the inaugural, and it was fantastic, and then obviously COVID hit. Now, I believe that there's, um, th there's a mini craft drinks market, which is going to be done on the grounds of Mobius Distillery in, in December. Um, little Birdie awesome. told me that someone might be pouring some of your stuff there. Is that true? In December? Which one? At the mini at the at the mini craft well, drinks market in December. I know the one you're talking about, and I saw it because Karu put it on their Instagram. I emailed uh, whoever organises it, and we sort of got the no, it's not possible. It's just a mini market, and um, and I'm in a jazz band, and we've got a jazz band thing that I almost can't get out of that day. Is that the 11th? I think I might have two. I think, I think it is. Anyway, when we, when we get oh, off the... I've got no idea. Okay, when we get off the channel, we'll, we'll talk about it more um, because um, the craft drinks market is firing up again um, in quarter, quarter one. And it's, it's going to be... It's going to be yeah, fantastic no, we, because people are going to experience your product and... and uh, it is so different, and it's such a story behind it. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. I know, but I we've don't got to get the word out. Get to that one. We have 
right, I've got my RSA now. I'll pour it. Yeah. <laughs> Three of us there. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Leave it. Leave, leave it. Leave it with me, Rose. We'll, we'll, we'll talk later. Anyway, before we go much further, we're at, we've hit the hour mark, so we'll, we'll have to wrap up soon. But we have a little spot, which we give our man, the Todd, his oh, twenty seconds of fame. I've been talking all... quite nicely tonight. Oh uh, no, it doesn't count, mate. You've still got your twenty seconds of fame. So we all shut up. The microphone is handed to Todd, and he asks a few questions. So, okay. without further ado, first, first question. I hadn't even done the drum roll. Oh, okay. Luke, where's the drum roll or the sound effect? We need a sound effect. There we are. Oh, there sorry. we are. Got our sound effect for Todd. <laughs> all right. I like You're that they always build me up. Okay. So what does the do? He cuts Top. your gut penis like that with the with the um that blade thing, like that humidor humidor. He harvests the agave plant. Yeah. Yes. Yay! That's one win for me. That's two point five <laughs> seconds. Go. Okay. Damn. <laughs> okay. So what is sangrita? Oh my god, it's some Spanish sort of red wine. Is it? That's sangria. It's along the same process. So basically what they're saying is that it, it's a savory non-alcoholic drink that, that's sipped alongside your tequila. Oh well, there's your problem. Non-alcoholic. Well, like we would know that. Yeah. Yeah. Where the hell do you get your references from, Todd? <laughs> <laughs> hey, look. That short notice, Dr. Google is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> family friendly, too. This is not a family friendly show. <laughs> All right, so question guess, number three. Look, we, we've possibly covered it before tonight, but just to clarify, what's the difference between tequila and agave and the other? Mezcal. Mezcal. Well, I mean, they're all agave spirits, but because tequila and mezcal have a denomination of origin, we can't use those names. Mezcal and tequila are both sort of licensed. There's a, a bureau in Mexico that licenses them. There's nine states for both tequila and mezcal that can make it. They're not quite the same states, but they overlap strongly. So, and there's some slight differences in the production process. Tequila can only use blue agave. Mezcal can sense. use any agave. Is that your answer? That'd be fantastic. That was just one I just asked. I've got no answer for that one. So. <laughs> and so then ASP, agave spirit, that's because – so you came up with that term? Yeah, it's, it's our, our name, partly because of agave spirit and also because of the black snake distillery. And we needed some uh, name, I guess, to, to, to swing off, so – as an asp, I just sort of a bit of catchiness to it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. There you go. You're pioneers. And, and do, you, do you, can you only harvest the, the, the agave plant once, or is it sort of like trimming the grass? It's only once, basically because you take the whole plant at, okay. at ground level. So it's gone. It's finished. So, so you only get one go at the plant. Yeah. And how many plants does it take? Per batch. How big is your batch? 
How big are your? How, how well? One of the questions that we had earlier. How big is your uh, still? Was um, uh, how big is a typical run? Well, we have a three hundred litre still, three hundred thirty, but it's rarely choco. So our our distillation is anywhere from one hundred and fifty to two hundred and fifty litres. Whether we put because we've got fairly small fermenters, they're only two hundred litre fermenters. And we, but we may put stuff from two of them into the one, one distillation because, and um, oh, I'm not sure I can't remember, but, but we essentially, the each pina could be anywhere, well, it could be 100 kilos, the bigger, because the agave americana is fairly big, so it could be 100 kilos. So we could have a um, between them. So what you actually get out per plant is not a lot. So our, our distillation run of, say, 200 litres we might only get, oh, oh, say alcohol, pure alcohol. You might only get, um, yeah, ten to fifteen liters of alcohol at the most. Oh, really? So at the most. That's hardcore. Yeah. That's intense. That's a massive amount of work. Yeah. For for, for not a lot of volume, eh? Yeah. It's a bugger of a plant to work with, which is why. We don't expect that. There will be other people that do it. Uh, and there'll be a lot of people. Well, we know of a few that are putting in big money to do blue agave. But yeah, I've heard. Yeah. More industrial, where, I mean, the artisanal side is a lot of work for not a lot of return. And I guess that's where things like what, what do we charge? We want people to try it. So we can't charge too much. We can't charge what it would be worth in terms of labor and effort and so on. Mm. But it's still yeah. reasonably expensive. Wow, and then so based on based on the amount of of agave that goes into uh, a a small amount of actual end product, how much have you got left? <laughs> Not the agave. How much well, yeah, and oh. and given that it takes so long to grow <laughs> and to mature, um, it seem it must be absolute labour of love. Well, it's oh, yeah, love hate relationship. <laughs> I think it's a labour of to be honest. <laughs> but it's a amount. Now, as I said, the, the Americana has been in Australia for over 100 years and it's been placed in gardens, particularly west of the ranges. It's, it's a really good drought tolerant plant, but it's why it's on our place is because that's the creek that goes through. So it's, it's been washed down the creek because it's basically mechanically transferred it doesn't set seed as we said earlier so yeah. it's quite a lot and but there's also patches uh, all around you know it's, they're not everywhere but there's patches of them you'll find particularly where there's old farmhouses they may not even be a farmhouse there anymore but you'll see a patch of americana growing and there's a fair chance there was a house or a shed or something there in the past that people have planted that that americana so one imagines that in if, if we basically use up the stuff around here, which is not likely because there's lots of youngsters and so on, but there's also other places that we can get. It's obviously more expensive the further you go, but there are opportunities around. And I guess there are other people might try to do it as well, which is fine. And we can't stop them doing that. Yeah. Well, that'd be a long way behind you. Yeah, <laughs> guys. The last question from, from me would be oh, where can we get That's more than 20 spirit? seconds. 
Oh, shut up, you. <laughs> what was the question? <laughs> Where can we buy your spirit? Oh, you can buy it online. <laughs> buy it online. Online. Online and um, and and we haven't long signed up with Nick of Courage. Just them a bit. Yeah, they've they've well, got nice. stuff and they've been very nice to us and um, that's quite good. But basically, course. us and. And Funky Drop as well. Funky Drop, yeah, Daniel. Yeah, he's yeah. been, um, he discovered us a long time ago and, yeah. Well, there's a few like bars him. around the place as well that, like, drink rather than, although the yep. uh, Bondi, it was mentioned that Bottle Shop, it's had some of ours. I'm not sure whether yep. it's got any currently. And there's some bars, like we talked about a loco, Dulce's in Sydney. There's... Oh, Dulce's, yeah. Dulce's, Dulce. yeah, Brandy. Yeah, cool. Oh, so you're Dulce. on a Brandy's bar. That's awesome. <laughs> we haven't mentioned them they were the first ones that spotted us on instagram when like one of the kids said you need an instagram and um i sort of said what's instagram and then she set me up and um i made <laughs> the first time i talked to dog i was actually talking to some bodybuilder in the usa until i realized oh uh, Stephen, this yeah. sounds a bit dodgy <laughs> it was, no, it was, so the dolls have been wonderful to us and we love them yeah. Um, yeah. And there's a few, um, Melbourne, a bit far away, but Melbourne's actually quite a good, a lot of bars in Melbourne are interested. And there's a few Sydney, obviously centre of Sydney around Surrey Hills and so on. There's a few places that are interested. Yep. One, um, w w one thing that's happening now, which has been, yeah, obviously with the COVID lockdown, it's been brutal. It's been brutal for a lot of us. Um, but with the, the opening up, uh, one of the great institutions in Sydney is the Oak Barrel. Um, and Scotty or Scott, um, aka Janet Lover, is uh, departing the Oak Barrel and moving on to other grounds. But um, it's believed that you know uh, there's someone which is replacing Scotty, and he will move it forward in in his directions. Now, one of the big things about the Oak Barrel is tasting events, tasting experiences. And so when you've got, a, you've got a room and it's your night and you've got 30, 40 people in that room and you're telling your story, that is such a, a wonderful experience. And you guys, you will experience that with the Oak Barrel because I know you're, you're in with the Oak Barrel. I know you're connected. Um, we, we, we did sell some, but it's a while, it's a while ago now. They bought some. Yeah, look, think it's, it's, been, it's just been a brutal time all around. But with events opening up... Um, yeah, if we're, if we're off the air, I'd say you need to be talking to the Oak Barrel and, and teeing up an event in 2022 because you your room will be packed because you are doing something, and I'm not blowing smoke, but you're doing something so unique and such a unique story. And you know, everyone everyone craves the, the, you know, the, the craftsmanship, the artisan and, and experiencing it. And, yeah, I mean, I, I know you. I don't know you well. But I'm blown away by what I've heard tonight. It's mm. it's just it wants you to go away and get on and Wikipedia and start exploring, doesn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's, well, it's, yeah. It's actually been a fantastic night, guys. So thank yeah. you for sharing with us. So. And, and guys, this is this is our first one in, in four can months. I, can I pinpoint you to come and visit us, please? I know you've you've said it, and um um. How, what can we do to make you come this 500 kilometres? What will oh, it take? I'm sorry. a reasonably good cook. We have an in-ground pool. Um, we have <laughs> oh, 
Hope. Yeah, yeah right. So, so it, yeah. Um, and you've look, got and you've got agave spirit on tap. Look, I mean, if anything else. <laughs> I'll come, out. I'll, I'll come out there and cut down the plant for you. That sounds like fun. Look, I, I have been known I have been known to drive a twelve seater bus out of Sydney. I have been known to drive it to a distillery called Blackgate Distillery. Um, and twenty twenty two, there's plans afoot, and uh, like where I am, Caverty, we're three hours oh, yeah, from. Well, you nailed it, mate. We're, we're three hours. We're three hours from Sydney, um, and there's a lot out there. And and you know, we're all New South Wales distillers. We're all doing our thing. We've got our unique stories. And when people get to see and experience things firsthand, they just light up. So, yeah, don't worry. Um, you people are coming. It's just when they're coming, but people are coming. We're I can tell. I'm, I'm coming. Out. And we're, we're, we're coming at some point. Yeah. And, we'll and, and, uh, and I'm making an executive decision tonight. Oh, there we go. Oh, there we, we go. go. So, hold on, where's two, the mute button? Three, three years ago, uh, we did a launch of a Craftworks whiskey called Black Soul Beast. Um, yeah. And we went and we had an event at a local campground uh, down the Capity Valley, which Capity Valley is one of the widest valleys in the world. It is spectacular. Anyway, uh, we planned an event in September, one winemaker, one distiller, and one brewer. And we couldn't pull it together, obviously, because of the COVID lockdown. But we're in the, po in the process of planning it for March. Uh, you are coming as my guests, and you are bringing your wonderful spirit. Please. So you, 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 we will be around a fire. We will be drinking whiskey. We will be drinking other things, but we will be drinking... Agave local. Love it. And now I better, go, I better go tell the other boys. <laughs> you better go and do that, yeah. <laughs> no, no, seriously. Seriously, March. I'll, I'll, I'll give you the details, but, yeah, it would be a fantastic opportunity, guys. Um, your story is wonderful. Your, your alcohol is amazing. Uh, mm. People need, need to understand what's, what it is. So um, it's, 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 uh, we're going to do it. There we are. That, that's the commitment. I've done it. I'm in trouble. It's <laughs> been an opportunity. It's just yeah. been um, interesting. nerve-wracking, but good. <laughs> <laughs> well, we hope you enjoyed tonight. Very good. Yep, it was we've good. Very good. We've enjoyed having you on. We've enjoyed hearing your, your stories and, and getting to know it's you as, as personalities. And this is one of the things that Aussie Craft Distillers Shooting the Shit is all about. It's about introducing people to, you know, distillers, craft distillers out there and, and, and ordinary people giving it a go and doing it their way. Yeah. And Luke, um, when you get your please let us know what you think. Oh, as, as soon as it hits my doorstep, I'm going to be cracking it open. I probably won't even make it back to my desk. What? Before I've had a good sip. <laughs> I'm back Monday, Tuesday, Luke. Hard. Remember, if there's any left. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll wrap it up, guys. Uh, to everyone yeah. out there, um, if you if you haven't seen us, you'll see us on YouTube, and and Luke will fill in with the rest of it. But uh, to our special guests, Stephen and Rosemary from Black Snake Distillery, it's been a wonderful night. We've had a lot of fun. We've learnt a lot. 
um, and really, really Jump excited for what's going on. Jump online. The website is on the screen there now, blacksnake.com.au. This one I can personally vouch for is amazing. Uh, I can't wait to try the uh, Pachuga Roo. And we've lost the boy. Seriously, this is what it's like working at the shed. He just pops in and out. <laughs> so now we're just going to we just close the whole thing and you'll come back and go, where'd you all go? Yeah. <laughs> right. okay. But thank you very much. Right, thank yeah. you very much, guys. It's been wondering, wonderful yeah. chatting with you. Uh, everyone should jump on to blacksnake.com.au and buy a couple of bottles. Uh, jump Please. onto the Instagram as well. And, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Thank okay. you. Right. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.